Welcome to Coach to Scale, how modern leaders build coaching cultures. I'm your host, Matt Benelli. Join me as we build a community of like-minded professionals who share the belief that effective coaching improves the performance of every team member. Our mission is to help leaders become better coaches. The Coach to Scale podcast is sponsored by Coachem, the world's first AI coaching execution platform that leverages evidence-based coaching to increase quota attainment. And with that, let's get started. All right, I'm excited to have this conversation with today's guest who's literally on the other side of the world from me, uh, based out in Singapore. He continues to be a student of the business and he's a huge advocate for coaching and developing of, of his people. He spent his entire career in the technology and B2B SaaS arena as an operator with marquee names such as Oracle, Google, HubSpot, and most recently, Active Campaign. Shahid Nizami, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt, and pleasure to be here on the show. Really excited to what unfolds next here on this call. Excellent. Well, Shahid, you've been leading and coaching and developing people for a long time, and I know you're really passionate about the topic, so I'm going to get right into it, and I'm going to hit you with a question. And it's about coaching. It's about sure. coaching. So, Shahid, why is the coaching of the individual, let's say a salesperson, so important to the success of a company? Well, I think coaching is a win-win tool for any company. Like It helps, obviously, the business and definitely helps the employees in various ways. To begin with, uh, when a company has coaching as a part of its DNA, it would naturally lead to improved performance for the employees, which in turn means that the productivity and efficiency gains for the business. So I see a strong correlation that if your employees are doing well, then obviously your business is doing well, there's more efficiency in the business. That's one. So with that, I mean, so you talked mm -hmm. about win-win, uh, it's part of the DNA. If the employee's doing well, the company's doing well. And I don't want to lead the witness here, but um, when you think about the importance of coaching and the impact that it has on the business, is that flow bottoms up or, or top down in your opinion? Yeah, no, it's an interesting one. Uh, I feel the lead has to be taken by the business. It has to be, to some extent, top down approach. But I also believe that the impact is a lot more when it flows both ways. Uh, and when I say that, I mean, whenever I've hired people and I have this very clear mantra, apart from the basic role knowledge, there are only two things I look for when I'm hiring people, right? It's their attitude and are they coachable? Because if they, are, they have the right attitude and they are coachable, then just imagine, you have coaching as part of the DNA of the business of your company that's from the top-down perspective, and then you've got an employee who you've hired deliberately, who you feel is highly coachable, that marriage is going to be so powerful that it will, again, like I said earlier, it will help the business and the employees. One, like I talked about productivity and efficiency gain, but I also feel it helps the business because you end up retaining people. If people are happy where they are, if they feel that they are growing, they are learning every single day, the chances of the morale to be high are pretty high. The chances that the employees are well engaged with the business, they feel connected to the company, they have a sense of belonging, that definitely goes up. 
And all of this helps to drive retention. And I don't have to tell anyone that how there's a direct correlation about the tenure of an employee in the company to the productivity for that employee, which ultimately translates to productivity for the company. So that was, that's why I said it's a win-win from all perspectives if you focus on coaching as a core tenet of any organization. So essentially, employees that are making money, growing professionally, having fun, have a connecting connectedness with the organization, they're not leaving. They're not leaving. Why, why, why would you go? Yeah, absolutely. No, makes makes exactly. all the sense in the world. So where, in your opinion, where, where do companies get this wrong? Ah, well, they, they, they get it wrong because most companies, and it translates to leadership as well, is a lot about being short-sighted. They're thinking about the immediate results, achieving their immediate goals, so on and so forth. And that's what they push down to their first-line managers, for example. So with, with this, you, you throw away the idea of a coaching-led culture and focus more on a performance management or results at all costs kind of a culture, uh, which definitely will help you in the short term, but becomes the biggest barrier to scale. Because in this case, when, when companies uh, are thinking about this short-term approach, short-sighted, short-sightedness, what really happens is the manager, the first-line manager uh, in, in, in this case, is trying to be the closer mm. on every call. They're like, I know how to close the deal. So whenever you have a deal, uh, Miss Rep, Mr. Rep, get me on that call. And that manager becomes the bottleneck. And if you truly want to grow as a business, you don't want to have bottlenecks at all. And especially at that ground level where those people are driving that revenue for the business, you want those folks to be unshackled. Uh, and with that attitude where you are short-sighted and everyone is trying to control and tell rather than coach, you end up creating too many barriers to scale, too many barriers to be able to amplify that effect which you can have with well-rounded employees who are coachable and who are on that growth journey for themselves. So it takes them a little longer sometimes to, you know, to get coached up and, and be self-sufficient, but the obstacles, uh, the shackles are released versus if there's a super rep model where the manager needs to jump in and be involved on everyone it by you know it's accidentally no one purposely does this but creates an environment of learned helplessness where people don't feel like they can take it to the next level without the help of their manager is that would that be fair absolutely absolutely and, and i've seen this so many times matt including myself like i was on the other side of of this as well making those typical rookie mistakes and unfortunately, a lot of tenured managers continue making those rookie mistakes, which they should not be because now they have been a tenured manager for a long time. But to your point, they think I'm the super rep uh, and you don't need to be the super rep. Uh, there are enough analogies in the coaching world and I'm sure people lean on the sports coach, coaches, but that, that's such a good example that none of these sport coaches or most of them are not the best players but they are the best coaches. And, and that's, that's the difference which we want to bring to the corporate world, that you don't need to be the best closer, the best negotiator, the best cold caller to be the best coach for your team members. Ah, and so where do they learn it though? 
Now, and so do do great leaders, do great coaches, did they benefit from great coaching themselves? Was the behavior modeled to them, or did they were they born with it, or did, where did they learn it? Yeah. You know, it's it's an interesting one because I have debated this enough with some of my leadership teams in the past that is coaching something which you are born with or can you build that skill? Uh, or is coaching a science or an art kind of a thing? That, that debate is evergreen. And what I believe is that it's a combination of those two. But to my earlier point, if you're coachable, you can be a great coach yourself. Uh, from, from that perspective... Yes, there is a bit of an art about how do you go about coaching your team members. And, and that comes with some level of expertise, with experience and stuff like that. But what to do and the why you're doing it, like the science to it, if you are a true learner, which everyone should be as a professional, I think that part you can gain pretty quickly. And then with some experience, you, you learn how uh, to coach better. Uh, I'm sure you heard the, the ship story where there's this giant ship which has got, uh, the engine is broken and they call various people to come and fix that, that engine. Nobody can do it. Then they call this fairly tenured old, old person who comes in, he looks at that engine, looks up and down, takes out the small hammer, just tinkers it and then ship is that the engine is fixed it's it's up and running and everyone is amazed great job the next day this this old person sends his invoice and the invoice says ten thousand dollar invoice yeah like yeah 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 yeah." And, and the folks are like hey like you just came and just you know tinkered something you just hit the hammer somewhere and you're charging that can you send an itemized bill so he sent an itemized bill the next day one dollar for hitting the hammer, $9,999 to know where to hit the <laughs> hammer, right? So it's all about that. that and that's one thing that, that you develop that over years. It would, be, it would be wrong for me to say that you can become a coach overnight. But what to do and why to do it, that part you can, not really overnight, but in a short period of time, you can understand that. And as you coach more and more, you become better at that art of coaching as well. But the science can be easily learned in, in a more shorter period of time, in my opinion. And, I, and I've seen that work really well. Yeah. You learn, learn by doing. And it's accelerated if you've seen someone else do it. And sometimes you, you, you take from them, you know, you learn what to do. And also, right, you learn what not to do. Uh, I think we, we've learned both of those over the years. <laughs> so... Everything we're talking about, um, you know, is the long game, right? It, it's not overnight, uh, as you mentioned earlier. Build, building a coaching culture, it's got to be purposeful. Um, what are some of your best practices when coaching new team members? Sure, sure. So, first of all, like I said earlier, your coaching journey starts actually at the hiring point. Like I said earlier, you when I'm hiring for people on my team, I always look for those two attributes of are, do they have the right attitude and are they coachable? And it's easy for me to say that, that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm assessing whether they are coachable or not. But I've mastered a few things over the years where 
you let's say you're hiring for a sales sales rep, you do a couple of role plays, you do the first role play, give them feedback and give them very intentional feedback, which you can uh, which you can detect and you can assess very easily and then ask them to do another role play. And you see, do they bring those uh, suggestions you gave in that in that role play into the second role play or not? So that itself shows whether they are coachable to some extent. And at the end of the interview, I, I say, can I give you some feedback? And nobody says no. Uh, and, I, and I end up giving a bit of feedback. And I see how are they taking that feedback? Are they being super defensive? Are the barriers going this high that everything you said is wrong? Let me tell you why. Or are they able to take feedback in, in their own stride? which again tells me, are they coachable or not? So again, that's the first part. When you're hiring, you're hiring for people who are truly coachable. Once that part is done, I think it also goes back a lot to your belief system. Right now that I've hired someone on the team as a manager, I need to firmly believe that this person does not need a day-to-day hand-holding. I've hired them because they knew those basics core skills for the job, obviously, and then they have the right attitude and they are coachable, right? So then you need to lead with that mindset as a manager that this person is coachable and they know the basics to do the job. So I did not hire them to tell them how to go about their daily uh, activities as such. So I, I firmly believe that coaching is all about asking the right questions rather than telling the correct answers. So my framework is such that when I have a new hire on the team, for example, I'd sit down with them and ask them to do a bit of a SWOT analysis for themselves. Uh, where are they currently in their career journey? Where do they aspire to be in the year, a year from now? And then at least three years from now. So one, one to, to three, three years, years okay. from now for sure. Yeah. Then I ask them to write down the competencies which are required uh, for that one to three year role which they aspire for. And I say, rate yourself on a scale of one to five on those competencies which you just identified you need to build in those next one to three years. And with that, you create better for uh, PDP for yourself. PDP, personal development plan? So, okay. Personal development plan, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then you hold the rep accountable to it. So one thing which... Again, like I said, I've made many mistakes as a, as a first-time manager, uh, and I think I still am learning. But one thing I used to do was I used to get confused between coaching and deal reviews all the time. Like you'll get into a meeting with a sales rep, and you would say, okay, uh, wh- what are the deals in your pipeline? And you start going through that, and you think now you're, you're actually spending time on their growth on the development but you're just trying to close that deal oh this deal let me get on the call tomorrow with you with the customer and i'll show you how to do it right you're not you're not really not coaching so one thing which i've learned is that you have dedicated time around those deal reviews and separate time for coaching your team so they also know that you know we are spending this this discussion is more with deal reviews but there's a lot about my growth at the same time a coaching discussion cannot be a one-off call. You, know, you are always coaching. And even in those deal reviews, if, you're, if your mindset is, I'm here to coach my team member, that changes the conversation altogether rather than being the, the, the super rep 
who's just trying to close those deals themselves saying, yeah, okay, this deal, I will get on a call with you tomorrow. This deal, let me tell you what email you should send. Write down this email now. Uh, I'll, I'll read it out to you and you need to type it and send it to the customer. So, so that's not what you do in those deal reviews. You again, ask those questions. Uh, I've learned this trick about the, 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 the three whys. No matter what's happening with the rep, you don't respond to the first uh, solution or first problem they, they bring to you. Uh, that's a service level problem. Hey, Matt, I'm me as your rep, I'm not uh, hitting my quota. Okay, why are you not hitting your quota? Is it because you don't have enough pipeline or you end up losing deals at the last mile? Then you ask that third question that, okay, if you identify this pipeline issue, are you not prospecting well? Or are you not making enough calls? Are you not able to showcase the product really well? What's going? So you ask those three questions and you realize that where is that? Again, going back to that thing that where do you need to yeah. strike that hammer, yeah. right? Rather than just trying to go all so, over the place. And I know you I know you know this, but I'm just going to call it out. I mean, the, the whys, right? So you're asking, not telling. Right. So you're coaching through asking mm -hmm. questions, the Socratic method, whatever you want to call it. But then also, um, you know, and I know we have, we share a Sandler background that you're, you're given the menu of options, right? So from, a, yeah. if you say, well, how come you think you're not making your quota you know, you might get the deer in the headlights look, but you're giving them, is it this or mm -hmm. is it that? You know, like, and so yeah. you guide them and they yeah. might say, oh no, Shahid, it's, it's none of those. It's this which is totally fine, right? And so now you're in a dialogue and they're part of it. So I, I really like, um, not, of course, not only the Socratic method of asking questions, but giving, you know, guiding them in terms of what, you know, maybe what some reasonable answers could be. That's, a, that's pretty there. Yeah, and, and to, to that point, Matt, like I talked about, you, you learn coaching with, the more you do it, the more you, you, you get better at it. At the same time, the more time you spend uh, in your in your professional careers and you rise up the the chain, the tendency to give answers goes up because you you've amassed all this experience, and so your first instinct is let me tell you how to do it because that is the shortest path, that is a bandaid solution, that's a quick fix right. solution you can do, and so knowing the not having that knowledge, but then holding yourself back from giving it all rather than helping this rep to identify the solution themselves so that they can be set for the long run and not for the specific deal you're trying yeah. to close for them, right? So it, it's, it's counterintuitive because the more experienced you are, you know more answers, but then you need to ask more questions and not give more answers as a coach. You, you, you know you're getting somewhere when you, you realize, hey, I'm going to hold myself back and I'm not going to tell them what to do. I'm going to hang in there. I'm going to ask a couple of more questions. Yeah. That we could probably take that advice in many aspects of our life. Right. <laughs> Agree in personal yeah, life as well. Yeah, no, I have, I, uh, I, I've been told that. Um, so Shahid, let's, uh, let's learn a little bit more about, about you. I mean, this is great stuff. Um, was you, you've, you're passionate about coaching. You're passionate about development. Um, you're a student of the business. You're always learning. Was there a key moment in your career that shaped how you view this, That where you said, you know, it, I have to look at it this way through a different lens? Like, is, is there something you could point back to? Yeah. 
Absolutely. Like I, I have this very vivid in my memory when this, this light bulb moment happened for me. Uh, like I said, I've made enough mistakes as a first line manager in my career. And during my early days as a manager, I got promoted from a, from a high performing rep to a manager. And I assume that a manager is all about being a right. super rep. So I would be on every single call with my team. I was this manager who I thought was ideal because I'm in the trenches with the team. I'm on as many calls with, with my team. I'm leading those calls. I'm teaching them how to fish. And I was like, I'm a, I'm a dream manager for anyone because I'm with them, doing their jobs for them. What more can anyone ask for? And I had this really smart uh rep on my team uh, who we had actually hired from campus. So they were a campus hire. Uh, and, you know, the Gen Z folks are very different than people like me who are from the 1970s. Uh, you know, they, they know what they want. How come and, we're and from the person, same generation and I have gray hair? Well, what's, <laughs> what's going on? Well, filters. Uh, that's where I stopped, <laughs> Matt. Uh, but, but yeah, so, so this, this person told me something which, like I said, it's super vivid in my memory because they, they end up telling me that, Shahid, you are a great hands-on manager who's helping me to get the job done. But you're not helping me in growing in my role and my career. And I was taken aback because... I was thinking that he'll say, you are the best manager on earth. You know, I, I, you, you, are a, you are a dream come true. And he's like, you're a great. And, and, and he said it in, in a very nice way. He said, you're a great hands-on manager. You're helping me to get the job done. Okay. There's obviously a but there. And it says, but and? you're not helping me to grow in my career. No, yeah. And that time there was, and there was always a but. You're not helping me to grow in my career uh, and in my role. And that was that light bulb moment for me, Matt, that, hey, I act, that, that's a very fair feedback. And I am the bottleneck. I am the hindrance. I'm the one who's stopping my team to grow because if I am not in the office today, those deals don't get closed because the team is over dependent on me because I've created that environment yeah. of being that super rep manager which is in, inhibiting their own growth. So, yeah, it, it, was, it was night and day after that for me. That, yeah, I need to pull back. I need to stop being a super rep and truly be a coach. And it takes some time, uh, Matt. It, it, yeah. It's a lot of change in your mindset, in your belief system when you are moving away from being a super rep to being uh, a true coach. But you remember those things in your career when those words of wisdom are fired in the form of bullets. And it's like, whoa, that didn't, that, I, I thought you were going to say something really nice about me. And you basically took me out at the knees. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll share with you, uh, one of those moments in, in my career was I, I was delaying because it was going to be an uncomfortable conversation. I was delaying having an uncomfortable conversation with one of the managers that worked in my organization. And the, the senior VP of the division, he said to me, his name was Rudy, Rudy Corsi, mm -hmm. no longer with us. Uh, but he said something, I'll never yeah, forget yeah. it. He said, Matt, you know what? 
you're a really, really good person. You're empathetic. You care about your people. And that's really noble. But that doesn't make you a good manager. Like, or a good leader. I was like, whoa. I thought he was going to give me a compliment. And, he and it's like, <laughs> yeah, there's a difference between being a good person and being a good leader. Um, so uh, really, uh, yeah. thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Now, what is so... Is there something, is there an action that you took, uh, you know, and I know it wasn't maybe right away, but based on that feedback where this person said, hey, you're hands on, you're in it with me, you're helping me get my job done, but you're not helping me grow. Mm -hmm. Is, is what came from that? Like, what was the first aha moment? Like, what do I need to change? Yeah. So so I think the first thing which I did, uh, this was back when I was in Oracle, uh, in my in my office, I had this big chart, which basically had only three words, which said, "Ask, don't tell." Ask, mm-hmm. don't tell. Right, and 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 so it would just remind me because, like I said earlier, it's very easy. It's it's a shortcut banded approach where you can tell the team what to do. But ask, not tell, was something which was in your face, literally for me. Uh, to begin with, two, I told the team that I'm going to actually dial down on the number of calls I'm in with you. I would start using, uh, there was there was a system by which you could log into the, there was no gong back in the day. Uh, I wish we had gong back. I wish there yeah, was, 15, yeah. 18 years ago. But at that point of time, uh, you could still have uh, listened into a, a ref's call. So I said, I'll listen in. So that I can, I can, we can do some coaching post that call, but uh, I'm not going to be actively participating. And that suddenly, I was not in the driver's seat, right? And I was not even trying to do backseat driving at that point of time. I let the reps take those calls, and I have this very core tenet, which is empowered to fail. I let the team know. We, we don't need to win every single deal. That's fine. You're empowered to fail. But after every discussion, we will do a debrief. And on the debrief, we will figure out what could we have done differently. And again, the whole discussion on the debrief was, again, ask, don't tell. Ask, don't tell. Right? Yeah. Hey, Matt, how did the call go? What do you think? What could you have done differently on the next time? When the customer said this, what, what could you have said uh, instead of what you mentioned on the call? Stuff like that. Just ask, 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 ask. Because again, you hired smart reps who, who know what they're doing. And like I said, they have the right attitude. They are coachable. It's all now for you to help them untap their potential. Uh, yeah. And giving feedback, that debrief is often overlooked. I mean, everybody's... Oh, yeah time starved right so the demands on on managers time is just simply unreasonable in many cases but the importance of taking that time going slow to go fast having that it could be a five minute conversation or less hey how did you think it went what do you think you did well where could you improve right asking questions what do we do and then where do we go from here um it's a it's a it's a lost art uh, you know, and I think yeah. it's it's really, really something that I'm glad you brought up, and, the, and the debrief and empowering to fail. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say that, that, that that's, that's highly underrated 
uh, that that debrief sessions. And once you start doing them consistently, Matt, the reps already know what questions are going to come their way. And to avoid those questions coming their way, they start doing the right things on the call itself so that when I ask them that question, they're like, you know what, to be honest, I, I thought I did really well on the call. Okay, great, Matt. One thing you could have done differently. And then like it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's, it's still a coaching conversation. But the more like there's this whole concept of inspect what you expect, right? And the more you do it, uh, it just it just becomes second nature for the for the team members. They know that okay, I the, the feedback given to me has been around the fact that I don't do a better job of discovery or unlocking the budget or uncovering the budget with the customer or identifying the right decision makers, whatever it is in that sales process. And once you ask those questions a few times the rep already knows that, okay, this is what I need to do differently because, you know, my manager will ask those questions again. Uh, what you're describing there, Shahid, is behavior change. It is, yeah. If you, if you consistently, right, if you, if you consistently apply your process, it doesn't happen overnight, but over time, others will start to adopt it. They'll start to ask the questions of the client or prospect that they know you're going to be asking them anyways yeah, uh, they'll start yeah. to exhibit the behavior yeah no so um that's that's fantastic um so you, you know you shared that story about what a rep shared with you can you tell me about a time and by the way that's coaching you were coached by, by your rep <laughs> yeah right like absolutely you know we're there's a lot of different ways we can get coaching um if we're looking for it every opportunity is a coaching opportunity but tell tell me about a time where you were the benefactor of really good coaching from one of your leaders yeah. or or you can go anywhere you want yeah. with it but so, somewhere you got great coaching. yeah yeah no and, and and again that that's actually one of those other pivotal light bulb moments for me in my career as well, where I was first very upset, angry, frustrated. And then when I realized and looked back, I was like, thank you. <laughs> so so this, this was uh, when I was a field sales rep back in the day. Uh, we were trying to close a fairly large deal. Uh, and I was getting a bit of a pushback from some of our internal teams because uh, they were not aligned on a few things, and we had a tight deadline. We were competing with a couple of other large uh, vendors as well, and I wanted to get the deal done just like any other salesperson. And so I went to my manager and I said, hey, I want you to come in and throw your weight uh, to help to get things moving. Uh, I want this deal done. And ah, the management, the management silver bullet. Exa exactly. That's that's what that's what I let me let me pull that one out of the pocket. I got it. <laughs> that, that that's what I expected. And my manager, like, and I was obviously super young at that time, very impatient about things. And he's like, "Shy, just sit down." Like I was spacing in his office. Saying, you really need to call these people. Yeah, you need to you know tell them that we need this deal. We are the salespeople. These folks don't know what's going on. You know, all, all that stuff that you are so immature about early in your careers. I made all those mistakes. So the manager sits me down and then he says, you know, Shahid, I can bail you out now from the situation. But to ensure that you don't need me the next time this kind of a situation arises again, 
I'm going to help you to resolve it on your own and I'll coach you. And, and, and I was like, okay. And like I said, at that time I was like frustrated, angry, upset with my manager that this manager is not trying to help me solve, you know, and on the spot and close this, this large deal for me. And then he asked me just like a coach does all the right questions, uh, around the areas of understanding the motivation, uh, and the areas of concern of some of the other folks in different uh, functions, cross-functional teams, about why yeah. were they not on board, what was stopping them, what were their reservations, stuff like that, to understand their motivation, their purpose. And then he used the classic, and now that I've, now I'm a certified coach, I took some time off and, 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 and invested in myself, but that time he used this, the let's assume technique, where he said, okay, let's assume we are two months down the line, you won the deal. What did you do differently from what you're doing now in these last two months? Let's track back. And I suddenly started giving him all those answers and eventually did all those steps in, in real life. And we, we managed to get all the stakeholders internally aligned uh, and we could put up a good show with the customer and, and win the deal. So, so for me, again, when he said, I can bail you out now, but I'm actually not going to do it. Uh, for you and help you to resolve this yourself. Uh, like I said, at that point, it was the most frustrating moment. But when I look back, even in a few weeks time after that, I was like, I went back to my manager when he won the deal that, thank you. Thank you for coaching me to win this deal. Uh, yeah. That's a great story. And Shahid, I think a lot of people look like a lot, you hear a lot of children tell that story about their parents, about, you know, oh, I thought my, you know, mother or father, or they, you know, they were jerks and they wouldn't do this. And <laughs> now I know what they were doing, right? It, it comes with, uh, with, with wisdom, yeah. right? With experience. Switching gears a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, you have fascinating background experience. We live in two different parts of the world. Uh, you're out in Singapore. Um, what do you do for fun? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm in warm and sunny Singapore. It's the, 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 the temperature is always 70s, 80s plus uh, Fahrenheit here uh, in throughout the year. Year round? Year is round. It, is, year it, round. It, is it year? Yeah. Okay. So it's okay. very outdoorsy that way. It's like you can literally hit the beach, go to the pool every single day of the, of the, of the year, which is amazing. Uh, and I, I've, I've said this earlier, like I truly believe that you need to always be curious. Always be closing is the one first ABC. The second is always be curious. Uh, so I always try to do something in terms of investing in myself. Like I said, I, I, I grabbed up a certified coach course. Uh, I just uh, did a CRO school training, which was a 10-week course. A uh, couple of weeks ago, I wrapped that up. I'm learning to play the guitar. So do a lot of things to just Keep on learning. It's not about just learning on the business side, like learning the guitar is more mm -hmm. of a personal hobby. But I feel that as humans, it always is great to challenge yourself uh, and keep learning more and more new stuff. So that's what I do to uh, keep myself busy. Uh, and then I've got a 10 year old. So uh, like spend some time with him trying to fit in with all those lingos and jargons like lit <laughs> or no cap, yeah. yeet. Like I'm just trying to 
the first time he said all those words, I'm like, what? Lit? What's no cap? And then I had to Google it to figure out what it means. But now I, I throw those jargons in just to fit in and make him feel that his dad is super cool, uh, which I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's what I do for fun. But he's 10. He's, he's 10, 10. So you're, you're, you're still kind of cool. <laughs> Um, they, they, you lose them for a little bit and then they come back, you, you know, but I know there was a, there was a time when I was the most uncool person, uh, in, in the world. Um, well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, Shahid, any final thoughts for those managers, those sales managers out there grinding it out every day? Yeah. Well, then it, there is, there is no replacement to hard work. So I would still say that keep working hard, but more importantly, Take the tough path. Don't take the easy path. Because if you take the tougher path, it'll serve you in the long run. And, and what's a tough path? The tough path is actually mm. to take a step away from fishing for the team, but teaching them how to fish, right? Because you can help your rep when you're around, you're in the office, you're on the Zoom meeting, so on and so forth. But you invest in coaching them, which is definitely the tougher thing to do stepping out of your comfort zone, you will not only be doing favor and doing justice to your business, to yourself, but most importantly, to your team member. Like That's the gift. If you can give the gift of coaching to your team, that is the best thing you would ever do for them to help them truly grow in their careers and not do their jobs like that rep told me back in the day. Yeah, and not only are you helping scale the business, but you're having an impact on people's lives. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Like that, that goes much beyond that. Well, listen, um, I've learned so much today. I've you know, talked about the importance of determining whether someone's coachable in the interview process. We talked about the importance of asking questions, ask versus tell, um, ABC, um, you know, always be curious, right? Great stuff. Um, Shahid, I, I'm sure other people may love uh, what they're hearing. And if, if someone said, hey, I, I really liked what you said about this or that, um, how can someone get in touch with you? Uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if, if people are interested to reach out to me and, and I'm always open to have a chat uh, with, with people in the industry. So yeah, absolutely open to chat up with anyone who's keen to know more, learn more, have a, just a, a more of a brainstorm discussion, happy to do that. Yeah, LinkedIn might be the best play to reach out to me. All right, Shahid Nizami on LinkedIn. We'll put that in the, in the show notes. Um, so Shahid, we're gonna leave it right there. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate and enjoyed our conversation today. My pleasure, great to be here. And so, thanks to all of you out there for listening. If you learned something today, if you laughed, if you liked what we talked about, share the podcast with others, Coach to Scale. Again, Shahid, thank you so much. And it's been my pleasure to host this conversation on behalf of Coach to Scale. Until next time, coach them if you want to keep them. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Coach to Scale, How Modern Leaders Build Coaching Cultures. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at coachem.io. That's C-O-A-C-H-E-M dot I-O. And follow us on Twitter at Coachem Now. See you all next week. Thanks for joining. And remember, 
coach them if you want to keep them.